What's up, everybody? This is Hall of Fame wide receiver Terrell Owens here, a.k.a. T.O. Uh, get your popcorn ready because you're now listening to another football podcast. Uh, do a favor. Leave my guy Connor a five-star rating after the show. Listen to it. Uh, give him some feedback. And also, if you want to listen to my podcast as well, uh, check it out. Subscribe, share. Uh, you know, you don't need to leave a five-star rating. You know, uh, we're five-star. I'm five-star uh, all the time. Uh, my podcast is called Get Your Popcorn Ready with T.O. and Hatch. Uh, again, check out both of those podcasts. And hey, check it out. Listen and subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to Just Another Football Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Miles. With me, as usual, is my producer, Kyle Bennett. It has been a while, unfortunately, with all everything going on and the social injustice that we are all enduring in this country right now has really taken our attention away from sports. But Kyle and I are very dedicated to this podcast, so we wanted to get back on here as soon as possible. I know him and I both work our jobs now because I'm back at my job and Kyle has about like 99 podcasts going on right <laughs> now. I have all my writing and scouting Academy, which is actually kicking my butt, but it's great to be back. Kyle, it's great to be back. Just to talk football, not just the Eagles, not just all, all our Philadelphia's loyalties, but we get to just talk NFL. Uh, we do have some topics that we want to go over about the social injustice and I want to voice how I feel, and Kyle's going to voice how he feels, and then we're just going to roll into the rest of the show. So let me just start off with saying I am completely with the Black Lives Matter movement, and I am completely against the All Lives Matter movement because you cannot, and I repeat, you cannot sit there with the bold face and say All Lives Matter when you have a kid like Dylan Roof who goes into a church, a black church, and unloads an automatic weapon on all of them. Flees the state, which after you flee the state, especially after you committed a terroristic act. Flees the state, putting more, even more citizens in danger of his actions. The police chase him out of those, get him, locate him in the next state. And they peacefully arrest this man. Dylan Roof, excuse me, child really, he was a teenager, he's, they peacefully arrest him, which, going into it, I would be terrified facing Dylan Roof, trying to arrest him, look, look what he just did, look at the, the anarchy that, that kid just caused, I'd be terrified, that kid has no soul, yet, he was peacefully arrested, no harm to him, no knee on his neck, no shots fired at him, he was taken down peacefully, yet George Floyd got a knee to the neck for nine minutes because he had a counterfeit $20 bill. Who knows if he even knew that it was counterfeit? We won't know now. The officer killed him. There is a clear difference in how our police view skin colors, and it's been proven time 
and time and time again, and I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. As a white person, excuse me, as a white person, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed that we can act this way towards other human beings, that we can rip lives away from families and sit there and justify it because a guy with a badge did it. It's disgusting. As a person who had his father killed randomly, completely randomly, one night my dad was alive, the next he wasn't. And the man who killed my father was black. He didn't do it because of the color of his skin. He didn't do it intentionally. It was an accident. I have to sit there and accept that at the end of the day and not hate the man. I had to forgive him. He was a coward about everything. He wasn't paying attention with the most deadliest weapon on the road. But I had to forgive him because that's how I was raised. And we do not have to look at anybody else and judge them by their ethnicity anymore. It's wrong. That is not how God intended I don't care what you believe in. I'm a believer. You can believe in anything. It doesn't matter. This is not how humans were meant to treat other humans, no matter what your belief is. It's wrong. I'm ashamed. Very ashamed of white people. Very ashamed. We need to all band together and join the Black Lives Matter movement. And kill racism once and for all. It's not going to happen. And I know that this show is not famous. Not a lot of people are going to hear what I have to say or care. And I, that's fine with me. I'm just getting my opinion off my chest. And I am deeply disturbed with the world we're living in. I'm deeply disturbed that we have to explain to the youth of America that police officers treat other people different. Because of the color of their skin. And especially the black community. Don't throw those statistics in my face about crimes. Black on black crimes. Don't throw the population of jails in my face and their ethnicities. Don't do that. I don't care about your statistics. It's common sense what's going on here. It's common sense that there's something wrong. No black person should be afraid to go to church. No black person should be afraid to live their lives like a normal human being. Yet we have to watch our brothers and sisters tell their children to be aware of their surroundings when they leave the house and try to avoid conversations with police because they might end their lives. It's wrong. And I'm not perfect. I've been in trouble with the law before. I've been in trouble in my life. I've been a bad... I've been, in high school, I was a bastard. I've done bad things in my life that I, I'm not proud of. We've all made mistakes, but... When I've been in situations with the police, and it's, it's either myself or with somebody else that is white, it's a breeze. We don't get in trouble. We're doing stupid stuff back then, like smoking pot and underage drinking, but they're not they're, they're not doing anything to us for it. I've never gotten felt threatened by a police officer during those situations. Yet, when I get in trouble in high school for skipping class with all my African-American friends, we were treated like criminals. And it was because of my associates at the time. 
who I was with at the time, why we were treated like criminals. He grouped me with them because I was with them. It's clearly a messed up system that does not treat fellow Americans that are African Americans the same. And I'm sick of it. And I want it to end. I don't want to bring kids into this world and have to teach them that their friends that they made of a diverse community are going to be treated differently than they are by almost a lot of this country. It's just sick, man. It's sick. I'm done with it. We need to kill racism. And that's all I got to say on it, Kyle. You got anything to say? Yeah, man. I mean, we've talked about it on a few of our, our shows on the network this week and, and last week as well. And uh, I've prefaced it with, I don't care if I lose followers on social media. I don't care if any of our podcasts lose followers because we will fully support the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, it is disgusting just how you know this police brutality continues to happen how the systemic racism continues to happen and you know george floyd was kind of just the uh i said it on underground sports main show that george floyd was kind of just the you know tipping point of all of this you know everything had been been happening recently where we had the ahmaud arbery situation brianna taylor who please we we need to continue to voice and get her her killers arrested and and face the the charges that they need to face and and the prison time that they should be facing, um, because it, and then George Floyd happens and you know this age of social media where everything is on camera and these cops know that things are on camera and yet they're still doing these disgusting things even after George Floyd's murder. Uh, it, it just makes you think, you know, what's going on when there are no cameras on? What's happening when things aren't being documented? And, you know, you kick back to 2016 with, with Colin Kaepernick. He, he tried to, you know, preach out and say that things were happening and things needed to change in a, you know, uh, a, a peaceful way, kneeling during the national anthem. People decided that they wanted to twist it, make it about the anthem, make it about disrespecting the military, and it was never about that. And I think in this age of social media now, and we're going to get into the whole Drew Brees situation too, you know, people now in 2020, you think about back back when Colin Kaepernick was, was kneeling and everything, so many people would have behind closed doors conversations about, you know, how they felt about things. We saw when Drew Brees made his comments and kind of just brought all of that back to the forefront. Every it seemed like every single player in the NFL on an NFL roster, formerly on an NFL roster, wanted their voice to be heard and just were done with Drew Brees. And I think that just shows the progress we've also made on the forefront that people aren't afraid anymore. They're going to make their voices heard. That's why we're having these protests in the streets. That's why everything has been happening since the George Floyd murder is because people aren't afraid anymore. They want change. They're tired of sitting around and waiting for change to be made for them. They're going to make the change for themselves. I'm proud of every single one of the of the amazing, brave humans that have gone out in protests and have had the ability to do so. I unfortunately have not, but I have used my time to donate in terms of signing petitions, making my voice heard that way. But change needs to happen, and every single person who believes that change needs to happen needs to take witness at what's happening right now. 
We saw Minneapolis is, you know, disbanding their police department. And and that's a huge thing. And a lot of people are going to take that word disband in the wrong context. It's not exactly getting rid of it. Sure, there's going to be a lot more community-based policing. But you look at somewhere where a lot of our listeners in the Philadelphia, South Jersey area are familiar with. You look at Camden, New Jersey. Camden was was notorious for its crime rates and and for everything bad about Camden, you know, there was the the lines talking about you don't want to be caught in Camden after dark. You look over the last seven or eight years since Camden has disbanded its police department, turned things around, uprooted its entire system, its crime rates have gone down exponentially. And that's the change that this country needs. People need to realize that, you know, it, it's ridiculous that we have teachers that are you know, begging for school supplies, and yet we're giving police officers Captain America shields to go out into the streets with, and we see what they're doing with all of this funding. They are just abusing their power, and things need to change. Colin Kaepernick, Malcolm Jenkins, Eric Reed, and a whole bunch of other players tried to warn America that change needed to happen. They didn't want to listen. Now when things go, you know, to, to an extreme, to finally have voices heard, People are still angry. What do you want? Oh, I wish it was done peacefully. Well, you argued about that back in 2016 that you didn't want to see it happen peacefully. So it seems like some people will never be pleased. I'm proud, though, of everything that has you know, gone on. You, know, you, you see the people that aren't happy with the looting and the rioting. You don't have to condone it, but just understand why it's going on. So many people for so many years in the black community have just wanted their voices to be heard and they're finally being heard. So no matter what, I'm standing with all of my black friends, my black brothers and sisters. We have to use our white privilege to to help fight this systemic racism in our country. And, and that's one thing that a lot of people need to realize is, you know, we just need to be at the forefront of this movement along with the black community in order to make a, a definitive change in this country so that racism is truly part of history. Uh, yeah, that was really powerful what you said, especially about the police reform. I I agree with you. It has to happen throughout the whole entire country. We have too many racist, biased cops in the system, and there's hundreds of thousands of more that we don't even know about that haven't had that haven't committed a crime against the black community yet. The progress, I agree with you. I I'm I I feel like that's why I'm empowered to say finally voice my opinion because of the progress that's being made. That's it's it's powerful. George Floyd really left a powerful impact on the world now, and we're all, we're never going to forget him. He's not going to be a statistic anymore. He he left a really great impact on the world. I don't care what his past was. I don't care who he was. We all have a past. None of us are perfect. All I gotta say is justice for George Floyd, justice for Breonna Taylor, justice for Ahmaud Arbery. This all needs to end. It just needs to end. Yeah, just keep fighting the good fight. You know, everybody out there protesting, making your voices heard, doing the right things. Um, you know, right. Keep, if you want the going. rioting and looting to stop, then start listening. Start listening. Sign a petition. Complaining on. You know, if, if you diesel. can't go out into the streets because you know, still you still got to be careful. Coronavirus is still floating around out there. And if you want to be safe and be careful with that and not compromise your health, there are plenty of other ways to donate money from the safety of your home. You can donate your time 
educate yourselves. I think that is the biggest thing too, is so many people that are white need to educate themselves on just everything because they try to go by the book of things that they learned in, in you know, K through 12 in school. And that doesn't even scratch the surface of just what has gone on in this country for the black community. Educate yourselves, talk to your black friends, and also be sure to check in on your black friends' mental health. Because this is this is such a, a rough time going on for so many people when you pile on quarantine and coronavirus and now everything going on with the black community, with systemic racism, finally being heard by so many people. There's a difference between hearing and listening. Talk to your black friends. Make sure they're okay. Because I think that's a, a big thing that gets missed in all of this is that, you know, everybody's out there fighting the good fight right now and, and trying to make a change, but... When you come home to the you know friendly confines of your home, there's a lot of people that are exhausted from this and are truly mentally drained. So check in on your friends because it's an important thing right now. Are you familiar with Chester County, the Chester County area? Uh, somewhat, yeah. So that's where I'm from. I went, I went to Coatesville. I don't know if you're familiar. Yeah, with the Coatesville area, very poor area. Very. Uh, I originally went to Bishop Shanahan, which is a Catholic high school, and I got kicked out after my freshman year. And they, th- at that type of school, they, they made you fear public schools like Coatesville High School. And admittedly, I had no diversity heading into that school at all. I was private school all my life. There was about three black kids I went to school with up until my sophomore year of high school, actually. So it's crazy to even think about that. I went to Coatesville thinking the worst because of what people would say about it and really what it's majority black at school. So I was the minority. I went into a situation where I became the minority finally. And thank God I did. I loved being a Coatesville student. Everybody treated each other equally there. There was nothing like how private schools function with the cliques and all that. It was a complete diverse experience. I learned so much culture. I made tons of friends from different cultures. My best friend to this date is one of the most successful black men you'll ever meet in your life. So thank God I got to personally learn that lesson in my life early. So I'm not at the point in my life where I'm an old man on Twitter saying the most vile things to people because they think they're overreacting to an issue that has been going on way too long. It's disgusting. But we got to keep going on with the show. But I, I, that's just what I wanted to say. I wanted to voice my opinion real quick, I hope. Totally agree. I hope everybody out there is listening. I, I hope we can empower you. Honestly, you need to open your eyes to this stuff. It's just not right anymore. It's never been right. All we can do is make up for it now, and I will never raise my kids to treat anybody of a different color differently. Racism will be dead. It has been dead in my family, and it will continue to be dead. But now is the time, Kyle, for the NFL to act on this. I don't care about the Roger Goodell speech, honestly. It's the same thing that we're doing now. We're not in the position I, – I mean, you've donated money. I've donated money. But we're not in the position of power that Roger Goodell is. Right. We're not or, in the position of power that all these owners are. So now is the time 
if you really want to back what you are saying on these Twitter posts, on behind the camera, you need to let Colin Kaepernick get back in the league. Hello, my fellow sports fanatics. If you are like me and love talking about sports, I have the perfect app for you. It's called U-Stadium, a social media app dedicated to sports, which allows you to talk about each league with fellow fans, get instant breaking news notifications straight to your phone, and debate the sports we all love. Download the app with either Apple App Store or Google Play Store and join discussions about your favorite team or the rest of the leagues. U-Stadium has contests and point systems to win real prizes like an NFL jersey of your choice. You can find U-Stadium on Twitter and Instagram at U-Stadium, U-S-T-A-D-I-U-M, for more information. Log on to U-Stadium today and join me as we talk about sports. It's clear as day he's been blackballed. Every player feels – you can't listen to a player be interviewed and not say that Colin, they don't think that Colin Kaepernick's being blackballed out of the league. And they would know more than the media does. Come on. They're in those circles. Akeem Hicks last week comes out and says, of course Colin Kaepernick's getting blackballed. We're the Bears, and we signed Colin Kaepernick. And now, excuse me, we signed Mike Glennon. Right. And now the Bears have never had solid quarterback play. Ever. And they're depending on Nick Foles, a journeyman quarterback who – Lightning in a bottle in Philadelphia, and Mitch Trubisky that nobody knew of until a month before that 2018 draft to win. The, excuse, I don't even. I'm probably wrong about Mitch Trubisky. Being, it was 2017. Sorry. Yeah. Now they're expecting them to win the quarterback job. When I mean, I think Foles can get them to the playoffs, but I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl in Chicago. He's no. not with the Peterson. It's just if if you guys are going to come out and support the Black Lives Matter movement, because Colin has been saying this years ago, and I admittedly, I was one of those people that did not like Colin Kaepernick as the quarterback. Had nothing to do with the person. I thought his play wasn't on par. But then again, those 49ers teams were getting decimated and dismantled by mm-hmm. retirements and roster changes and Harbaugh's tenure ending. So he was on the backside of a, a sinking ship. He deserves a new situation, and for people to come out and say the Broncos could have gave it to him, no NFL player should play for less than what they feel that they're worth. Completely I, agree. I fully support holdouts. I fully support players acting the way they do. Their careers aren't guaranteed. And even if they are, they're retiring before they get into their 40s, when most of us can only dream of that. These guys need this money to, to last them the last of their lives. I'm not going to tell a man how he's going to make his money. So to sit here and say, well, he could have had a job with the Broncos, but he wanted more money. So what? He had a right to that decision. There's so many quarterbacks in this league that aren't better than Colin Kaepernick. And he deserves to be on a roster. Kyle knows it. I know it. Majority of NFL players know it. Majority of NFL Twitter knows it. It's time to... Go about what you're saying and sign Colin Kaepernick to your team. If you're going to come out and support the Black Lives Matter movement, pretty much, even Roger Goodell pretty much admitted that Colin Kaepernick was right. So all should be well in the world. You guys finally woke up and found out Colin Kaepernick was right. 
because of the social injustice that just happened with George Floyd. So now it's time to right your wrongs and stop blackballing, blackballing a quarterback out of the league that's better than half the quarterbacks on rosters right now. That's all I gotta say. I'm not saying Colin Kaepernick's a top ten, top fifteen quarterback if he becomes a starter. I think he'll be top twenty five at least. But I, I, I can name a dozen teams. I think the Bears. I mean, I think the Bears would be a perfect situation for him. A mobile quarterback with Matt Nagy, I think, would take off. I know him and Nick Foles have history in Kansas City, but that was so short. Right. I have, a, I have a fun situation for Colin Kaepernick. New England would be a good situation, too. It's I, I don't think him and Bill Belichick or Josh McDaniels would fit from his play standpoint. But go ahead, Kyle. What's the fun situation? So uh, we've talked about Cam Newton a ton on this show and how he still has not signed a contract. And mm-hmm. uh, I think Colin Kaepernick, if he were to get back into the league as a player, would be, one, a lot of fun, two, a pretty good mentor, and three, keeps him in California. Why not, you know, the Los Angeles Chargers? That would be a perfect situation with Anthony Lynn. That would be perfect. Help Justin Herbert a bit. They're both kind of athletic, mobile quarterbacks. I I think it would be a very fun situation to see Colin Kaepernick uh, surrounded by, you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. Have those, you know, elite weapons around him to to help him get back into the league, get him back into, uh, you know, the the offensive weapon that he was when he was with the 49ers. Obviously, he's not going to be anywhere close to that Super Bowl prime, but... I think the the Los Angeles Chargers would be a very fun situation to see Colin Kaepernick re-enter the league as a player. Yeah, you sold me on that. You sold me on it. And unfortunately, it's because of... uh, I don't want to take a social injustice reason to get Colin Kaepernick back in the league and try to sell tickets with it, but I mean, it's not like the Los Angeles Chargers can use fans, right? Yeah, I mean, it, if they if, if they sign Colin Kaepernick, they'll get a million followers on Twitter now. They'll get a ton more people going to their games, and I I agree with you. I think it would be beneficial to their quarterback room because I have no faith in Tyrod Taylor, and I do not want to start Justin Herbert day one, especially with coronavirus going on. I would not want to do that. Anthony Lynn and Colin Kaepernick would be perfect together from there. I think they'd have uh, a dynamic relationship. But man, talk about getting fans. Chargers desperately need to sell those tickets. And it's it's kind of a a way for Colin to be like F you to the Broncos as well. F you to the 49ers too, because even if they continue on the path that they are, you're not going to be, the media focus is going to be on the Chargers then still. They signed the face of adversity in the NFL. They'd, they'd get him out of this black ball situation. Plus, you know, they, they're playing in that new stadium. It, it, I think, you know, Colin Kaepernick being with the Chargers is a perfect fit. You know, like you said, everybody's going to throw New England around. Everybody's going to throw different teams around that need a quarterback like that. But I don't think a lot of people are thinking about the Chargers because they drafted a rookie quarterback, because Tyrod is there. 
I think Colin Kaepernick's a perfect fit as a Los Angeles Charger. And say Colin, you know, is is done with his playing days and the NFL wants to right their wrong, uh, I think Colin would be fantastic in a front office in some capacity. Commentator, broadcaster, anything. I, I I agree. I really want to see this happen. Bring now. Him, bring him in as a, a special assistant to a general manager to start off. Kind of give the general manager that former player's eyes look, kind of like how the Eagles did this year with uh, Connor Barwin and Darren Sproles and Brent Selleck to bring in that that player side of things to help educate a front office on what players look for when you're bringing them into an organization. You know what can this organization do to you know, enhance things for the players currently on the roster. I think if Colin gets into a situation where he can be in an NFL front office as well, if he is, you know, done with playing and everything, I think that's also a, I think that's even even bigger benefit for the NFL at this point, getting Colin's voice heard throughout the league. Get him in the NFL PA. Yeah. I mean, get him, get him at the league office, something. I think if, if Colin is done playing, he he needs to be involved some way somehow in I'm glad you're saying this the, in the front office of either a franchise or of the league itself. I'm glad you're saying this because we we were having fun picking teams and everything but the god and honest truth I think it's a pipe dream I don't think teams are going to sign him. Mhm. Especially right now because he hasn't played in what 4 years now. I mean coronavirus still going around. You know, their their teams are going to float around those excuses, but if Colin is you know ready to hang it up and and has bigger fish to fry than playing another down in the NFL, I I think the the way to right this ship is is getting Colin's voice heard in the league in some capacity, either at the league office or a team signing him into their front office. I don't. He's not going to play the more Smith, the head of. NFLPA, no, but, but even if you make him an assistant, you know, in the PA, yeah, a vocal and, and, role. No, it has to be not even an assistant. It has to be a vocal role. Yeah, something that puts him at the face of NFL Player Association. Yeah, I love it. That's what they. That's what should happen. That's that's how you write the wrong because you know that at this point. I mean, look, you can't sit here and tell me you can sign Alden Smith with all the stuff that he's done. Years away from football, claim he's a changed man. Give him an NFL job, and not Colin Kaepernick. Right, like we haven't seen Alden Smith do a damn thing, athletic wise, right. since he left the NFL. No workouts, no videos. Colin Kaepernick had a workout. He hosted mm-hmm. a workout. It was a clown show for the NFL. They just wanted to make it look like they they were trying to do their part, but they weren't really doing their right. part. We all know what it was. Yeah, I would love it if he got a large role in the NFL Player Association. I agree with the front office part too. He could, it could. I, I wouldn't want to limit it to one team though, because I think yeah. his message and his lessons that he can teach could benefit every single locker room in the league and create more of a diverse culture. Maybe educate some of us that don't really. Well, because like I just said, it took me to my sophomore year of high school to really experience. Diverse culture. Some of these guys are grown men going into the league and have never experienced it. Mm-hmm. And this is the most they're going to experience is a locker room. And you're not spending your majority of your life with some of these guys. These guys either to choose to become friends or 
I mean, you're still, it's like an associate at work to them. So it's like us when we go to work at a coworker. Yeah, we like the coworker, but once we leave the job, we probably don't hear from that coworker ever again. So yeah, I would, I, I, he would, to make him the face of the, the diversity community in the NFL to create more of a diverse mm-hmm. community, excuse me, would, would be what the NFL can benefit from. And really backing up what they're saying now when they're admitting that he's right. Especially when it took the video that that initially Saquon put out on Twitter with all of the black players, including Ezekiel Elliott, um, you know, a, a number of players. Tyron Matthew is in that video as well. Uh, there were there were quite a number of players in that video where that was recorded by the players, sent to the NFL social team, and behind the back of the NFL was put out by the players. So, you know. You can see that this is a huge issue going on, you know, with this systemic racism and how the players truly feel. Because if, if you know, you wouldn't see these high-profile people out in the streets right now if they didn't think it was an issue. You wouldn't see all of these NFL athletes going out and, and making a difference on the ground level at the foreground of this if they didn't think it was a huge issue. And I think now in this age of social media where people feel a lot more comfortable to voice how they truly feel, it, we've come a long way since 2016. And like we said with the whole Drew Brees situation, we saw his teammates, old and new, voicing their opinions and their disgust with his initial comments. And I don't think we would have seen that back in 2016, 2017. Right, let's get into the Drew Brees comments right now, actually, because... That's a good topic to focus on. The fact that... Look, I, Drew Brees is a good person at heart. He's a good person at heart. I just don't... Like I said, there are some people... It took me until I was a sophomore in high school to experience a diverse community, experience the differences that people of color have compared to myself, a white man. Where do you see that with Drew Brees besides sharing a locker room? And I, I mean, he came to New Orleans, saved them from Katrina, saw the impact it had on the community there. And look, I, I think he was just thinking of his family and respect. He he attributes the American flag to his family, who served. He doesn't attribute it to it to what's going on in America. He he doesn't think of... When he thinks of the American flag, he thinks of his family who served. When I think of the American flag, I think of this country. And then when I think of this country, I, th- I think of the social injustice that's going on. So how can I support a flag when there's so much social injustice going on? Right, and you, you look at a guy like Drew Brees who has been in the NFL for as long as he has, and... Back in 2016 and 2017, when the kneeling was occurring with various players, those conversations were being had in locker rooms. It has been documented numerous times, most notably, it's been talked about a lot on the Pat McAfee show. Pat has talked about uh, a number of times in his Colts locker room that this was a topic that was discussed at large between players and really kind of figuring out what this message truly meant and why these players were so fed up with everything going on in our country and for Drew to kind of just go into that interview 
with, you know, tunnel vision and blinders on and that be the first instinct of what he says, it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I, I've been a big Drew Brees fan for as long as I can remember on the field, you know, and he's a, he's a great advocate in the New Orleans community, but it really did rub me the wrong way. He, you know, that being the first thing that popped into his head, especially in the current climate that we're in, where that is literally everything you see, whether it's on social media, on TV, no matter what it is. And for Drew to kind of just, you know, bring back everything that so many people have been trying to debunk for so long, it, it was very, uh, you know, it, it wasn't the, the wisest thing for Drew to do. And that's why I was very, you know, you and I both big Malcolm Jenkins guys and seeing Malcolm's response on his video uh, hit me right, right in the heart. You know, seeing Malcolm Jenkins tear up multiple times in a video did a number on me. And to see just the pain that Malcolm had, seeing his, you know, former and now current teammate uh, voice that opinion. And then you see on Twitter where Michael Thomas comes out and, and was offended by things. And Emmanuel Sanders, who has not even caught a single pass from Drew Brees, is offended by uh, these comments and Alvin Kamara and you know there were so many different ways that his teammates voice their opinions as well because you know they, they range in age and range in different background stories and how they've been affected and it, and it spread across the NFL we saw Darius Slay put a tweet out we saw a number of players in the NFL voice their opinions and like I've been saying I don't think we would have seen this many uh, players you know kind of publicly outcry to this statement back in 2016 or 2017. And do I do I fully believe and I, I want to with Drew's apologies, um, you know, that he has come out with on video, multiple Instagram posts. Do I want to believe they're genuine? Absolutely. Can I? I need to see more from Drew. I need to see him continue to truly understand where his teammates are coming from, continue to learn, continue to educate himself, and hopefully that those apologies weren't just, you know, quote-unquote PR stunts to help clean his name up. Yeah, I, at this point, because I, I understand from Marcos Conner, he doesn't understand how Drew's not getting it now, especially with right. all the experiences in the locker room he's, he's he has. It just it doesn't make sense. I just think going into that, you're right. He had tunnel vision because he's, like I said, he's thinking about his family. I'm not defending Drew Brees in any way because I explain how I feel about the flag right now. But, I mean, you just have to think. Drew Brees is a smart individual. You just have to think. Why would you say, why would you even touch that subject? Right, especially in in the current climate of, of today. You know, knowing and you're going into your final year. This right. is your last season in the NFL, and that's the impact you want to leave. And you look at what Drew's future is, where he signed that contract with NBC. Does NBC know if he's a well-spoken guy? You know, Drew has come out and done press conferences before, but is Drew truly a a well-spoken person? That's something you have to think of. Where this is the first thing popping into his head. How is that going to translate, 
you know, in situations when he's potentially in the broadcast booth. I'm pretty sure NBC was, you know, scrambling a bit when they first saw these comments because they're like, oh my gosh, what did we just do? You know, there's so oh, much sure, that cause... unravels from this that could affect Drew now and in the future. And that's why I said I, I hope his apologies are genuine and he's continuing to learn from his teammates. Uh, there were reports from New Orleans beat writers saying that they were in, you know, very emotional Zoom calls uh, as a team and, and Drew was in tears. So who knows if that's accurate? Obviously, we will never know because we weren't in those Zoom calls, but... I really hope Drew is continuing to educate himself and, and really put himself in a place to learn, not just now, but moving forward in his life so that he can continue to be, you know, the the upstanding, uh, you know, guy in the community in New Orleans, especially in that community where it is so heavily black. You know, it, I think it, it did a number on a lot of Saints fans hearing that from Drew being the first words out of his mouth when that question was asked. Right, I don't think his NBC deal will fall through, but I mean, that could affect ratings. Totally. And once the ratings start getting affected, then anybody is eligible to get fired. So, uh, yeah, I just, I don't get it. I, I don't get, honestly, in my situation, if, if I'm a white man going and I'm this franchise quarterback for years, I'm on a I'm a leader of the team because he is a leader. That's why I yeah. think there was so much more disappointment in the fact that he said it. It wasn't like he's a leader around the league. Exactly, he's one of the faces of football. So I just don't get it why he even touched that. I wouldn't even. I'm passionately speaking about it now, but I don't have to fear any repercussions. I don't have to fear me saying the wrong thing or slipping up. He does. He has so much to lose from it. And mm-hmm. the fact that he still continued to touch that subject, I don't know. It really blew uh, my mind. But like I said, I hope Drew has truly learned from this situation and is continuing to educate himself, learning from his teammates, especially people that are out and, and protesting and have been in the community like a Malcolm Jenkins. And, and really, you know, getting... To, to the forefront of this thing and, and really learning what a lot of his teammates are going through. And a lot of people brought up in a joking fashion, you know, Drew better watch out because three-fifths of his offensive line are black. But that is something to think about. You know, you have guys out on the field when you make these comments that you're their leader, you're the quarterback. They are going out there with you, expecting you to lead. If you're not on the same page with them, there's going to be a lot of, you know, social discourse in a locker room and you know, with three guys in front of you that are supposed to protect you and if they don't respect you, there's going to be a lot of issues. So I'm I'm truly hoping Drew learned from this and he can move forward and continue to learn and uh, you know, hopefully put all of this behind him as he moves forward this season. Right. I- and Malik Jackson of the Eagles comes out and says, "I'm ready He's to not face Drew Brees and knock him on his ass." Like, so you, if Malik just doesn't have fear of coming out and saying that, you you already know there's some guys in this league that are thinking the same way. There are a lot he of got injured last year. I, we all know it's his last season. 
There were a I lot just, of retweets from. I hate this for Drew Brees. There was a I lot hate of re- that he can't get this. Yeah, there was a lot of retweets from uh, Darius Slay's followers tweeting at him, saying that you know I can't wait for you to pick him off when they come to town week fourteen. So I mean, there are a lot of players pissed off at Drew Brees, and rightfully so. Um, and I think they're just waiting to watch Drew not only talk the talk but actually walk the walk. I agree, and I hope he does because. I don't know. I, me personally, I think he kind of botched his legacy and botched what he can do now. Because I, what he originally said is what he really thinks of the mm-hmm. flag. Whatever he says now is just him trying to cover face to me and it is to many other people. So I, I was, I've respected Drew Brees so much as a quarterback. Always ranked him high in my rankings all time. I that doesn't impact what I feel as him as a player, but it impacts how I feel as him as a person. I've lost a ton yeah. of respect for Drew Brees. It was just such an avoidable situation that he turned it into such, such something such way worse than it had to be. Totally, in agree. my opinion, great person does a lot for the community. Doesn't understand the community. Yeah, all right, and, Kyle, and hopefully he you know learns from it, like we've said. But Connor, guess what? Uh, since just another football podcast is officially part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. Uh, we've got some fun news for the first time on this show. We have a new ad read outside of U Stadium, and that is with the awesome humans over at Tomahawk Shades. I wear my blue light plus glasses every single podcast that I record, whether it's live or pre-recorded. And uh, let's get our listeners tapped in with who Tomahawk Shades really are. Two brothers with a huge idea where they thought, why spend $100 plus on shades that are just going to break when you can make your own that are even better for a fraction of the price? And that's exactly what they're doing. These Blue Light Plus glasses that I have are some of the best manufactured glasses I've ever worn. I have sunglasses coming uh, in the mail later this week. And we love supporting local businesses especially during these times, and that's exactly what Tomahawk Shades is. They've got a new rewards program called Hawk Points that you can sign up for on their site. Just make an account, and you can earn points by following them on Instagram, Facebook. If you have your birthday put in there, you will get bonus points on your birthday as well as various gifts, and every dollar you spend on Tomahawk Shades' website, you gain one Hawk Point that goes towards you getting different incremental dollar rewards to spend on the site and they're hooking us up big time connor because they're giving us their best promo code in the book and that is promo code usp underground sports philadelphia you use that promo code at checkout you save 25 percent off your entire order it's absolutely bonkers and one of the investors and now owners of the company just happens to be two-time Super Bowl champion, former New England Patriot, Chris Hogan. So check out Tomahawk Shades. Use our promo code USP and uh, look styling and profiling for a fraction of what those name brand sunglasses are charging you. I got to get a pair. Dude, they they are elite. They are the best quality glasses I've ever worn. It's absurd. I got to get the blue light glasses for sure. Staring at these screens all the time. Staring at the screens. I felt like I've slept better since wearing them. There's less stress on my eyes. I feel like I can fall asleep easier. It's just the right thing to do. You should be protecting your eyes 
whether you're indoors or outdoors, blue light plus, regular sunglasses, it, it's a simple fix and you're not, you know, chopping your arm and leg off to spend on those big profile name brands. You're getting it at a fraction of the price. It, it's that simple. Plus our promo code right off the bat is saving you 25% off. Amazing deal. So let's see if the Vikings... Oh, man. Should they have a promo code given to the <laughs> So, here's my... Look, before I get into it, Dalvin, like I said earlier, these guys deserve to hold out and get the money they feel like they deserve. Dalvin Cook understands the running back position better than anyone. He's been injured numerous times throughout his career. He's never played a full team game. Uh, full season, 16 games with the Vikings, injured numerous times at Florida State. He knows that he better cash in soon, especially with the season he just had because it was his first 1,000-yard season, and he he pretty much almost doubled his touchdowns. I mean, he did. He had 13. He had four the previous two seasons before rushing touchdowns. So... I get his stance. He probably doesn't think he's going to be in the NFL that much longer, especially with how his body's going to be a hold up. This is a player that I would agree with saying that once he hits 30, it's likely over. So that's where his head is at. With Because everybody's out there like, why is Dalvin Cook asking to hold out at this point in his career when he just had a Pro Bowl year? Like he just showed us what he could do in the NFL finally. It's because he knows that his window is not that big. And our, I'm not, not even just going off of his history. I go off the history of the running backs. So their windows aren't that long in the NFL. Most of these guys want to get paid when they get paid. Now, the unfortunate of the situation is it's not going to happen. The Vikings aren't going to do that. The Vikings are smartly running. He's unfortunately at the most replaceable position in the NFL at running back. Look at the Cardinals when they just paid David Johnson, who, by the way, that's the average year money that Dalvin Cook is aiming for. It's 13 per year. Then you gave that to him in 2018. They couldn't get out of that contract faster. And luckily they had a dumbass team in Houston trade them an elite wide receiver for David Johnson's awful contract. Todd Gurley with the Rams. Very productive still, even with the knee issues. He, I believe, scored 18 touchdowns last year. They cut him because they could not afford to keep paying an absurd amount of money to a running back. So now he doesn't have the mega deal anymore. Le'Veon Bell, the, the Steelers refused. They, they, they kept trying, they kept trying, they refused. He even sat up for a year. The only team that wanted him was the Jets, and they fired the GM that gave him that contract immediately. Immediately. He didn't even last into the season when they fired him. This is Melvin Gordon all over again with Dalvin Cook. He, I would hope that this is just a report and that for Minnesota's sake, because he is a huge vital part of their offense when healthy. He's a great running back. I deserve I, I understand why he wants that money and I'm sure there's going to be a stupid team like the Jets out there that gives it to him. But his window is closing. The Vikings know that he is another injury away from probably not being a starting running back in the NFL. 
they're not going to invest top money into him. And I understand their cap next year is looking decent, given the over the cap dot com projections of the cap space of being two hundred and fifteen uh, million in the league. I don't think it's going to be that much because I this coronavirus. I think it's going to go down a little bit from oh, their projection. Totally. But they're projecting that the Vikings have thirty two million in cap space. So could you give Dalvin Cook that money? Yes. But will they allocate $13 million per year and then leave themselves with $20 million in cash? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, especially when Kirk Cousins is still an unknown. You don't know what he's going to bring to the table. Um, there's a and lot of question marks around a, that Vikings team. They have a ton of youth on defense now Yeah, that they're going to have to pay eventually. They Anthony Harris is on the franchise tag. If they want to keep him, they're going to have to pay up. Uh they're going to hope Jeff Gladney pans out. Then they're going to have to pay him if he does, which is a huge cornerback contract. They paid Barr, which is huge money. Paid Kendricks, huge money. Paying Daniel Hunter, huge money. And Adam Thielen, Kirk Cousins. Dalvin Cook doesn't fit into the Vikings' top priorities. It's not going to happen there. And if he does go the Melvin Gordon route, it's going to end up just like Melvin Gordon did, taking a lesser deal with a team that really arguably didn't even need him. Right. So, and I mean, you- I would hate to see Dalvin Cook go out like this from the talent that he is. Uh, I understand his perspective, and I just explained why his perspective is that way, and I believe it to be that. But, unfortunately, he plays running back in the NFL, and it's not going to happen, especially with an organization like Minnesota that invests in other positions. If they were going to pay a running back, I would argue they would have paid Jerry McKinnon before he left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's just crazy because all these running backs, because Ezekiel Elliott's deal with the Cowboys is going to hit the roof soon. They're going to mm-hmm. have to move on from him eventually, especially with Mike McCarthy and his negligence of the run game. Ezekiel Elliott won't be bet with the Cowboys past 2021. It's just unfortunate because I don't even know if the Eagles would extend Miles Sanders at this point. Not at this point, excuse me. If he got to the his third year and Dalvin Cook like and performed like Dalvin Cook is asking for huge money, I don't know if the Eagles would give it to him. Yeah, I mean it's it's an interesting situation with Dalvin Cook, like we've said, because he's had the injury issues coming from Florida State and then injury issues his first two years in the league, and last year was really the first time we saw, you know, the Dalvin Cook we all expected when he entered the NFL draft. Uh, he's still on his rookie contract, and Dalvin Cook is still only 24 years old. He turns 25 in August, so he's still relatively young in terms of just athlete age, but with his injuries and it being to his knee, uh, it's definitely a concern, and I don't blame the Vikings for having concerns. Plus, you look at all the running backs right now, with one year left on their contract. This is uh, from at my sports update on Twitter. Uh, Dalvin Cook, Aaron Jones, Derrick Henry, Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, James Conner, Damian Williams, Kareem Hunt, Tariq Cohen, Marlon Mack, Chris Carson, Jamal Williams, and Matt Breida. Who's to say that when and if all or most of these guys hit free agency, 
The Vikings just don't swallow one of them up on a one or two year deal that they feel more comfortable with because they're not as injury prone as Dalvin Cook. Plus, they have Alexander Madison that they drafted, uh, what was it, two years ago now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like just waiting in the wings. Well right. I agree with you. The Vikings have all the leverage in this situation whatsoever. Not only that, they could franchise tag him like the Titans just did. The Titans mm-hmm. aren't even committing to 90% of their offense right now because he's a running back. Yep. I think they'll pay him eventually because I think this is a situation where he carries more weight on a team than any running back in the NFL because I don't think – I Christian McCaffrey is the whole entire Panthers offense, but – Thanks to how that team is structured, he doesn't thread the needle for them in the win-loss column. Derrick Henry does because the tight defense is on par with NFL standards, and their offense clicked with Ryan Tannehill. So Derrick Henry matters more to his team this upcoming season than Christian McCaffrey does to the Panthers, and yet John Robinson in his New England pedigree is not paying his running back. He franchise tag him. I wouldn't have any problem paying a running back franchise tag. He's only making ten million this year. Like, I mean, that's one, two, three, four. He's fifth highest paid in the league. Ten million is a lot to allocate to a running back, but it's on a one-year deal. I don't think any NFL team minds that, especially when you're performing like Derrick Henry. So who's to say the Vikings aren't just like screw? We'll franchise tag you. And you saw how well this this stuff worked out for Melvin Gordon. If you want to go that route, go ahead. You're just going to end up taking way less money on a team that you might arguably be fighting for snaps. So, no leverage for Dalvin Cook in this situation, unfortunately. I understand where he's coming from with wanting to get paid. Uh, This is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, he he has zero leverage, and uh, it's pretty bold of him to... You know, have one real high quality season and just be like, yeah, I'm not going to show up for training camp. And you and I are both in the camp of players should hold out, players should ex- extend as much money as they can get while they're in the league. But I feel like this is just such an odd time for Dalvin Cook to do it, especially only having one quality year on his resume. I mean, like I said, he he's one significant injury from his career being over. I yeah. believe. The the medicals aren't just are just looking rough for him. I, th- I it would it, it would be hard for me to say as a doctor. I'm of course I'm not one, and I would never know how to be one. But to tell Dalvin Cook to keep playing after this point, if he gets another severe injury, uh, and I think he thinks that though, I think that's where his head's at with trying to get money. Yep. He just was unfortunately on the wrong team because they're not. I mean, you can argue the Vikings make dumb decisions. I think Kirk Cousins is the best that they could possibly do at the quarterback position uh, over the last couple of years. So you can argue that his contract was stupid, but I won't because, like I just said, he was the best option for them at quarterback over the last couple of years. They're not a dumb organization. They're not a dumb front office. Rick Spielman knows what he's doing. They're not going to pay Dalvin Cook. It's not going to happen. Nope. And let's finish with a, a feel-good story, Connor. Did you see uh, James Conner bought his uh, pops a truck? I like it, man. I love I love when players give back to their parents. One of my favorite things to see. 
especially when it's like a, a vehicle and it's not really a huge expense, like a house where you know they're like, you know, you want to be able to save up as much money as possible and, and be able to then give back once you are financially stable, not right away. And I think for James Conner to, to save his money up, being at the point of his career where he's at right now, coming up on the final year of his rookie deal and uh, cashes in for pops in a big way. I thought that video was really awesome. His dad had no idea and he was super hype about it. Um, so shout out to James Conner for being a, a stand-up son. Shout out to James Conner for real. Read a cancer survivor, an NFL, uh, good NFL player, and then giving back to his family. You you always got to tip your hat to that. So I'll tip my hat to James Conner as well. But, Kyle, we just got to let the people know that Just Another Football Podcast is not going anywhere. We I apologize on my behalf for the delay in episodes. A lot going on. Again, co-host of Eagles Brawl Podcast. You can check that out. Just Another Football Podcast is home with Underground Sports Philadelphia with a ton of podcasts in that network that you should check out. All great content on Underground Sports. I really appreciate you guys tuning in. And again, we had to let our voices be known. We had to let our opinion be known because this is the first time I've really been behind a microphone since George Floyd was killed. Where I can finally say how I feel, I had to let it out, and I'm glad Kyle did too. Yeah, man. And if you don't agree with us, I, that's, I mean, your God-given right, but I'm not afraid to lose followers. Yeah, your followers. I'm not won't afraid be to lose listeners on this show. I, I, I'm a very, very amateur podcaster. I'm still new to the game. I'm still upcoming, trying to build a brand. But go away. Yeah, we're <laughs> out here. I do not need any type of racism or anyone that is racist listening yeah, to the show. Exactly. So. Make sure you guys subscribe on your favorite podcast platform as well. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it may be. We should be on some other podcast platforms very soon. Uh, but make sure you leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Helps a lot of people who are looking for NFL podcasts find the show the more five-star ratings and reviews we get the better and uh just help support to your favorite football minds and obviously shout out to our presenting sponsor U stadium and our network sponsor tomahawk shades connor this was a lot of fun getting back behind the mic talking nfl man we definitely needed it yeah we really did we'll do it again soon kyle be safe out there everyone keep fighting the good fight and uh be kind to one another We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Hey, everyone. This is Devin White with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Thanks for tuning in to just another football podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review after the show. Go Bucks. Get live.